You're listening to The Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for The Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Gary Harris Show for this Wednesday, February 28th. 2024. I'm your host, Gary Harris. Justin Jones is right there on the other side of the glass. Manning the controls, taking your phone calls in the first hour on the First Demand Condominiums Hotline, in hour number two on the Krispy Kreme Donuts Hotline, and we are ready to roll. I'll run down the uh, lineup for you in just a second. First, though, I need to tell you, as always, this hour of the Gary Harris Show, being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. Member-owned and not-for-profit, it's just a better way of banking. I encourage you to visit alabamacu.com to learn more or simply stop by and see them at one of their nearly uh, 40 locations around the state of Alabama. Alabama Credit Union uh, membership has its privileges. I uh, can attest I'm a member. Alabama Credit Union loans for real life. Some rules and restrictions do apply. See if you're eligible for membership today and then uh, feel joined today and feel good about your money. And pull extra change in your pocket. All right, the lineup for today, Matt Coulter on NASCAR at 930. We will... uh, Talk about that incredible photo finish at Atlanta. And, of course, look ahead to this week's race at 1030. Bart Heights on hoops, the former Mississippi State Final Four guard, will uh, break down the SEC basketball landscape. Some games tonight that are huge. And, of course, games coming up this Saturday as well, headlined by Alabama and Tennessee. ESPN College Game Day coming to Coleman Coliseum. More on that with Bart Heights on hoops. Also, <coughs> also this morning... Nate Oates met with the uh, media yesterday to preview the Ole Miss game tonight over in Oxford. We'll have his comments. And yesterday, uh, we were downloading the uh, Greg Byrne visit to the tip-off club in Birmingham as part of that D1 basketball committee roundtable over in Birmingham. And he met with the media as well. We've got that downloaded, so we'll have Greg Byrne for you this morning as well. If you want to get involved in the program as always, the phone number on the First Domain Condos hotline is 205-342-9904. We would love to hear from you folks this morning here on the show. All right, let's go ahead and knock them out with some uh, Wednesday morning headlines here, Justin, on the Gary Harris Show. The American Christian Academy Boys basketball team is just one win away from their first state championship after knocking off Deschler on Tuesday evening at the Class 4A state semifinals at the Legacy Arena in Birmingham. This one went down to the wire. They were actually tied up at 51, and Dessler was looking to take it down, it looked like, for a final shot. They were kind of holding the ball, but Hunter Bates had other ideas. He stole a pass and took it all the way down for a layup to give the Patriots the lead, and they would go on to win it. 58-54. 58-54. They advance to the state championship and will face Jackson on Friday after Jackson beat DAR 71-61. That game on Friday is set to tip off at 5.45 p.m. So great, great win for ACA and the Hillcrest girls playing the Class 6A state semifinals this morning. Coverage tonight on WVUA 23 News at 5. Well, Alabama guard Latrell Reitzel Jr. remains questionable for tonight's game at Ole Miss with a head injury. We probably won't know his status until 
you know, right before the game. He has missed the last two games with that head injury, and Alabama certainly misses his three-point shooting. But no word from uh, Nate Oates on whether he'll be back tonight. We will have uh, Nate Oates' comments on Reitzel Jr. and uh, Alabama's lack of defense that he's trying to get fixed. Uh, That's coming up later on in the program. Also, SEC basketball last night after beating Alabama, by 22 points, Kentucky took it down to the wire in Starkville against Mississippi State. In fact, they trailed by double digits in that game, came back and took a seven-point lead and looked like they were going to cruise, but it wasn't going to be easy for either one of these teams. Down 89-86, to 86, Mississippi State's outstanding freshman guard. I mean, this guy is so good. Hubbard, this kid, he's only 5'10", but Josh Hubbard can light it up. He hit a three-pointer to tie it at 89. He had 34 points in the game, but the star for Kentucky on the other end, Reed Shepard hit a runner with five-tenths of a second to go. He had 32, and that was the difference as Kentucky gets the win. Big win for them in Starkville because I'm telling you, those fans... They'd be like, man, you blow out Alabama, then you lose to Mississippi State. But Kentucky finds a way to win. LSU's been playing well. The Tigers beat Georgia 67-66. to And it was Vanderbilt on the road winning at Arkansas. My goodness. What a... Ooh, I tell you what, it's been a tough year for Arkansas. It got tougher last night when you lose to Vandy at home. Coming up tonight, as we said, Alabama at Ole Miss. That's an 8 p.m. Central Time tip over at the Pavilion in Oxford. Game of the night is Auburn at Tennessee. Number 11, Auburn at number 4, Tennessee. That's a 6 p.m. tip on ESPN2. Alabama's also on ESPN2. Missouri's at Florida. That's a 5.30 Central tip on the SEC Network. And South Carolina is at Texas A&M. Texas A&M is reeling. They've lost four in a row. This is an opportunity for them tonight to pick up a big win against number 18 South Carolina. That's a 7.30 tip on the SEC Network. Alabama baseball went to Regents Field in Birmingham last night to play UAB. And uh, this was their first tester. They fell behind 4 nothing in the game. Came back to lead, led six to five going into the bottom of the ninth, but UAB tied it, forced extra innings. Bama got three in the top of the tenth to lead nine to six and then hung on to win it nine to seven. So the Crimson Tide is now nine and zero. They head to a tournament in Texas this weekend, but that was a tough one last night. And Justin, and I know Wyatt's in there too. Did you see the deal where at Regents Field last night, some guy was kind of able to get down in the photo booth and taunt to Alton Davis? And uh, it was a while before anybody got to him. I just saw, you know, Roger Myers, Rick Penley, Grand Slammers that were there were tweeting about it. Do you, you guys have any more information on what exactly happened? Um, we were, we both weren't there, but I, we know what you know, I guess, Gary, is that apparently there was this fan that was trying to 
get into an altercation, speak words. Yeah, he to made the some players. threatening gestures toward yeah, Alton Davis, um, and he had to be forcibly removed from the stadium. So, as far as I know, it was just a, a bad situation. Why do you know? Yeah. Anything? I know Kim Rankin of Bama Central, formerly of Tide 100.9, was tweeting about it last night a little bit, and she said that he was uh, belligerent and was forcibly removed. Yeah, I think the concern was it took a while for anybody to get to him. And then after the game, um, I was watching the highlights. We had somebody there to cover the game. They had to leave to come back and get the highlights on time, but I was watching some clips at the end of the game that were on the the, uh, stream. And it looked like a couple of the players had words with a UAB uh, assistant coach, too. One of the, I guess their first base coach. What was going on with that? I also heard that. I, I really don't know any part of that. But I did hear that and know that people were tweeting about it and saw it as well. Um, kind of a, a lot of dysfunction over yeah, there. Yeah, and that's field. a beautiful stadium. That's an gr- incredible ballpark. <clears throat> but it sounds like they might have been a little short on uh, security last night. But anyway, Alabama gets the win. I also want to give a shout-out to uh, Hillcrest High School this past weekend. Hillcrest softball team hosted the 20th annual Gina Frith Classic, formerly known as the Patriot Classic. ACA had the opportunity to host 45 teams from all over the state of Alabama. Over the weekend, softball teams raised over $4,000 for local breast cancer research. Over a 20-year period, the softball tournament has raised 121000 for local breast cancer research. Most importantly... ACA was able to honor the special people who have battled or are currently battling breast cancer. Tournament organizers tell us that they are excited that this tournament teaches athletes to play for something bigger than themselves. I think that's pretty cool. And a shout-out for that uh, great tournament over the weekend at Hillcrest High School. That's a look at headlines. It's uh, 13 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock, and we're going to get to our first time out at 9.30. Matt Coulter on NASCAR. In the next segment, uh, we'll take phone calls on the First Domain Condos hotline at 205-342-9904. If you're going to give us a ring. Also, we'll get to Nate Oates, his uh, local media session yesterday, looking ahead to this game coming up tonight. A huge game. Now, we're all focused on game day on Saturday and Tennessee coming to town. But let me tell you what. This is a huge game for Alabama at Ole Miss. Nate Oates discusses next right here on the Gary Harris Show. This season of Alabama football on Tide 100.9 brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse Casino. Just a few minutes away where you can be a winner too. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports and it's brought to you by Kaneka Sausage, a true southern flavor since 1947 and the official smoked sausage of the Crimson Tide. Get some Kaneka Sausage now at KanekaSausage.com. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. On Thursday's edition of Crimson Drive, driven by NASCAR, we'll be joined by Alabama gymnast Gabby Gladio. It's been great. You know, having a year of experience under your belt definitely helps you. Um, and it's also nice to be able to kind of give the freshmen some advice, too, because you understand you were just there. Um, but I think this year has been, for me at least, a lot about just kind of letting go and competing and having that joy, you know, that I did when I was a kid. I'm not putting too much expectations on the outcome or, you know, the things I can't control, just really living in the moment and having fun with it. And you guys have been having a lot of fun. Again, a tremendous season for Alabama to start the year. Is there a lot of comfort as well with this coaching staff being their second year in place here in Tuscaloosa? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think last year, you know, there was a bit of, a bit of uncertainty just because everything was new. Um, I mean, especially for me as a freshman. I'll have more in a moment. 
Favorite jeans, favorite shirt. I can make a sausage and I'm firing it up, yeah. Everybody knows how to get my grill on. You can smell that flavor up and down the road. It's a little taste of heaven, everybody knows. It's how I get my grill on. Kanaka sausage, it's just a little taste of heaven. Join us tonight for Crimson Tide men's basketball against Ole Miss. Tip-off from Oxford is set for 8 p.m. Central with our radio coverage across the network starting at 7 p.m. Crimson Tide Today is brought to you by Kaneka Sausage. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Cloudy, breezy, and noticeably colder today with periods of rain. Temperatures falling through the 50s. For tonight, clearing with the low at 35. Tomorrow, partly sunny, the high 56. Friday, cloudy, rain at times during the day, the high 57. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 71 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of the Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on Tide 100.9. Nine seventeen. welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. Gary Harris, Justin Jones, and we did not mention this in headlines, but Alabama Gymnastics Head Coach Ashley Johnston confirmed yesterday morning that Makari Doggett will miss the rest of the season with a leg injury. The fifth-year senior suffered the injury during warm-ups in uh, Friday's, before Friday's meet uh, in the Power of Pink against Georgia. Doggett is one of four Alabama gymnasts who chose to return for a fifth year of collegiate gymnastics using the extra year of eligibility granted due to COVID-19. She's been a staple in the bars lineup her entire career at the Capstone while contributing on the other three events. This is a big, big loss for Alabama gymnastics, but at the same time, Injuries are part of the sport, and the lineup is just going to have to, uh, you know, uh, use its depth going forward because uh, that's a that's a tough break. All right, let's jump out on the uh, first to main condominiums hotline, and that's where we find Cowboy. Hey, good morning, Cowboy. How you doing, Gary? Doing pretty well, man. Thanks. So what were you talking about? A fight with the first base coach? I that's not what I that. said. Let me be clear on what I said. I said nothing about a fight. I said oh, during I'm the game sorry. last night at Regents Field, apparently there was a gentleman who got down like in the photo deck area or it, and made some threatening gestures toward Alton Davis. He had to be removed. It took a little while from, you know, from first hand, um, testimony that were there from fans that tweeted out before he was, you know, taken out of there. And then after the game, it looked like there were some words that might have been passed between some Alabama players, and it looked like the first base coach for UAB. You could see it on the video, and that's all that there was. There was no fight. Oh, okay. All right. I'm sorry for saying that. That's okay. But there, there was there, it was a testy game, it appears, and rivalry game, and UAB had a chance to win it and would have given Alabama their first loss, but give Alabama credit. They got it done in extra innings, 9-7 uh, to seven to stay unbeaten. If they come out your way, you know, come out to Texas this this, this weekend. Yeah, they're playing uh, Arizona, DBU, and who's the third team? Uh, let me look it up real quick because I had I would know if you hadn't asked me. It's another pretty good team. Uh, all three of those. Who's the third team? I know on on Friday it's Indiana. Yeah, Indiana. It's Indiana, Indiana Dallas Baptist, right. and uh, and Arizona. So it's a good, strong field. Yeah, it, it really is. Sorry about this GPS. 
No, it's okay. But uh, but Alabama will be tested. They were tested last night. So uh, they're really going to be tested this weekend. So it's going to be a, a – how far is Frisco from you? Uh, from where I live, about 30 miles, yeah, 25, I 30. I knew it was close. So. I wouldn't mind going up there, but I, I I bought a new house, and I'm doing some work and trying to move within a couple weeks, work on it, and I don't know. I, maybe I could slip up there Sunday. Yeah, maybe you can get up there for one day. Yeah, they play they play Dallas Baptist on Sunday at uh, at four yeah. o'clock. So okay, yeah, yeah got Arizona on Saturday, and they've got uh, Indiana on Friday. So pretty cool. Yeah, that's a, that's a good deal. I that's assume that's serious. a pretty. I, I mean, you may not know, you may not have seen, but I'm assuming that Riders Field is probably a pretty good facility. It's pretty good. I, I've never been to a game there. The Double A Frisco Riders play. There. Okay, yeah, so that's so, probably pretty, um, probably pretty good facility. Yeah. Then I think it was built in two thousand three or two, right around there. And uh, that's a nice stadium. The bunch of stuff up that away. The Star for the Cowboys practice facility and and the Dallas Stars practice. Facility oh, okay, yeah. There's yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking there. at Riders Field right now. Some pictures of it. Yeah, it's nice, man. It looks uh it looks really cool. Yeah, so Yeah. You, as Coach Sanderson would say, you think tonight might be a booger bear over there in uh Oxford? It could be. It could be. Now I'll I'm I'm gonna be honest, I'm I think Alabama's gonna win the game. Um you know, this this is a road game in the SEC, but this isn't this isn't Tennessee or Kentucky or or um, or Auburn on the road. I, I think Alabama <coughs> will beat Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah. What, but, you what know, wouldn't, wouldn't, or... wouldn't shock me if Ole Miss won the game, but I'm picking Alabama. Yeah. What do you think happened to Mississippi State last night? You know they uh, they were in control of the game and looked like they were going to win the game. And, you know, Tennessee, uh, I mean, Tennessee, Kentucky, to their credit, fall back. And, you know, then at the end, it just came down to um, Shepard going the length of the court and making a basket with half second to go. You know, could have goes into overtime. He could have gone either way. I mean, Mississippi State's a quality team. But that was a big win for Kentucky, man. You know, with the fact that they had beaten Auburn. And then they, then they, you know, laid an egg against LSU. They blew at Alabama. And if they lay an egg last night at, at, uh, at Mississippi State, then your fan base goes right back. Typical Cal wins a big one, loses, you know. So that was a big win for, for right. Kentucky last night. Yeah, I thought it was too. You remember Shepard's dad? Oh, absolutely. Kentucky, it could uh, jump out of the gym. Jeff Shepard, yeah. Right. I mean, it just seems like just yesterday he was playing because it hadn't been that long ago. And Reed is, Reed is, Reed looks a lot like him, plays a lot like him. Maybe doesn't have quite the hops that, that Jeff did, but, um, but yeah, Jeff was on that national championship team with Patino. Yeah. And, and, uh, he was on the, he was on the Tubby team too. 98. He was on the Tubby's, Tubby's championship team too. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff Shepard was a really good player. I I can see him going down the, kind of like the middle of the floor and just dunking one. Yeah, I mean he he was he was outstanding. So, but uh, big game for Alabama tonight. Who do you like in in Tennessee uh, hosting Auburn? I think Tennessee's going to win that game tonight. Yeah, I like Tennessee in that game. I tell you this: if Auburn does win it, Auburn's going to win the SEC championship with the schedule they got left. If they, oh, you think if they win tonight, Auburn's going to win it? I do, but I don't think they're going to win tonight. 
But I think if they were to beat, no, I don't if I think if they were to beat uh, uh, Tennessee tonight, they'll they'll win it with a, based on their schedule. What's left, and uh, if Alabama wins the next two against Ole Miss and Tennessee, I think they're going to win it. <laughs> or at least get a piece. So of who it. do you think has the best shot to win the league? Tennessee. I still I still think Tennessee is the best team in the league. I, I've said that all year. And I think it was all all is said and done. And I'm not ready to pick the Alabama Tennessee game yet because we got to get through tonight. Um, right. But I, I think I think I still think Tennessee's the I, I think Tennessee's the best team in the league. So with the fact that they're tied now with Alabama with four games left, my tendency is is and they got a game lead on Auburn, game lead on South Carolina. My tendency is to, to pick the team that I think's the best team. And I think if they get right. past Auburn tonight, and that game Saturday night is going to be a now that is going to be a what is what does Wimp call it? Booger Bear. Booger Bear. Now that's going to be a Booger Bear. Bear. That's going to be a tough game for Alabama, even at home. That's the yeah. Alabama does not match up well, in my opinion, against Tennessee. Well, you know, for Tennessee to clinch the number one seed, they need to beat Alabama. Oh, they sure do. Yeah, if they've got any thoughts of of being a number one seed, they they need to beat Alabama on Saturday night. I'm with you 100 percent there. Yeah. Well, I've tried to watch Tennessee this year. I've watched them some. They just they win the games, but they're not that exciting to watch. Or maybe I'm not watching something right. I don't know. No, they don't play. They, they don't play, play the same tempo the that that most a lot of these teams in the league are playing. They don't play like Alabama or Kentucky or or Auburn. Uh, they they play more of a grinded out, physical, low post style offense that kicks it back out to the three-point shooters. Of course, Connect has given them a dynamic score, so they can score, but no, they're more of a, they're more of a grinded out physical type basketball team, but boy, they, they, uh, they are physical now. I'm just going to tell you, and I, I worry about Alabama being able to match up with that. Yeah. Well, you know, isn't it amazing? Rick Barnes was what, five years at Providence, about 10 at Clemson or, or, or whatever, seven or eight, five, 16, 17 years at Texas, now almost 10 at Tennessee. What a career. What well, a you know, he, uh, he got started as a, as a head coach very, very young. You know, he spent a year here on Wimp staff. I remember him at Alabama. And yeah, at right, 85, 86, I think it was. And then, you know, he got hired, um, well, he went to Ohio State. That's right. He left. He, he, right. he was assistant here. And then after that, he got hired at George Mason. And like you said, he's been coaching nonstop since then as a head coach. That was 87-88. So a year at George Mason, then at Providence, then at Clemson, then at Texas, and then at Tennessee, man. And he he hasn't stopped coaching any of those years. Even when he got let go at Texas or whatever happened, mutual, he, he immediately got hired at Tennessee, man. So this guy is, yeah. uh, you know, and that's how you get to 800 I, wins. The thing that, the thing that everybody knocks, um, knocks Barnes on is only the one final four and his tournament record 27 and 26. Um, you know, yeah. he's, he's, he, he's gone to the tournament a lot. Um, but yeah, time flies, man. It's already been it's already been nine years since he was at Texas. That's just incredible. But is Texas basketball any better than since he's left? No. Well, I think I, I think I think it would have been. I, I think the the deal with Chris Beard really hurt Texas because I think he was about to take them to um, Final Four type heights and that whole yeah. deal there. And they gave it to the assistant, who I think is a decent case. What's his name? Rodney what? What's his name? 
Rodney Carey, but yeah. I give him another year. Yeah, he, he he's not going to be the guy there long term. And Beard is now, you know, give Ole Miss credit, man. They 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 grabbed him up because Beard, Chris Beard's a heck of a coach. Now I'm going to tell you that, a heck of a coach. Oh, he is. He is. He really is. Um, but yeah, that's just amazing at uh, what Barnes's career has done. He played what uh, Division Two basketball at Lenore Rod. Mm-hmm. I guess, and uh, up there in uh, North Carolina. What about the state basketball tournament? Who you like in that? Do you like? Well, you know, I'm, I'm, on AL.com. yeah, I'm following the local teams. You know, right now, American Christian Academy is a great story. You know, Blake Thrasher, who played at Alabama, the head coach battling cancer. So uh, Austin Grammer steps in. Austin Grammer played on an ACA team that went to the final four. And then yesterday they beat, uh, um, Destler to go to the championship game on Friday against Jackson and, uh, you know, Grammar's trying to step in and win a state championship where he played. And, and of course, this morning we got the Hillcrest girls. And, and then once we get to the, the championship games, that's when I'll really uh, kind of kind of plug in on it. So, hey, I got to hit this break, yeah. but uh, good to hear from you, Cowboy. Right. Thank you. All right, it's 929. We're going to come back with um, Matt Coulter on NASCAR. We'll do it next right here on the Gary Harris Show. As much as industry has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and 3 special. Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m., get a meat and 3 vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch soup, salad, or sandwich combo. I'll see you at the free. Follow Tide 100.9 on Facebook today to watch our live shows. Read the great articles and interact with Bama fans today. Reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes. The flags go up. Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. 9.32, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. And it's time for uh, Matt Coulter on NASCAR. And boy, what a race uh, at Atlanta on uh, this past Sunday for the Ambetter Health 400 Atlanta Motor Speedway. A lot of wrecks, a lot of good cars got taken out. But at the end, we had the rarest of of finishes we had a three car photo finish that they had to do the you know the digital imaging and all that to decide that daniel suarez huge win for the 99 team in track house racing daniel suarez edged ryan blaney and kyle bush matt coulter is here to talk more about it um that's where you want to pick up with that race was just at the finish because that was incredible matt yeah, and uh, really aggressive move by Kyle Busch. I think many times throughout the race, he had the best car out there. But Blaney wasn't bad, and obviously neither was Daniel Suarez. But I couldn't tell in real time who could. And then, and even on some of the replays, I thought the 12 car won. But, you know, they have so many different angles and so many different electronic scoring methods, as you just mentioned, that uh, they got it right. By an eyelash, only two races in the history of NASCAR have been closer. This one was point zero zero three. That's the difference. Uh, that's the margin that Suarez won by. And there were two point zero zero twos, 
One was in Talladega and Jimmy Johnson won. The other one was in Darlington. Um, but that's as close as it can. How much closer can it get, Gary? Can't get great, closer. It, yeah. I wonder what, what would they do, Matt, if the digital imaging and the photo finish, if there was ever a dead heat? I mean, literally, where they could not, they could not. Let's say, let's say Suarez and, and Blaney. Even when you went to all the computer imaging, you couldn't. What happens in that case? Is that something I've never even thought about it? That's, you know, I haven't thought about it till you Would asked. Would it go? Be, uh-huh. it be based on points? Would it be based on? Because you'd have to. Could you? Could you just? Could you have co-winners? I've never seen it, and it's not all that unusual, even on super speedways. I've seen this happen on numerous occasions at Talladega. That, uh, two drivers will qualify at exactly the same speed down to the thousandth of a second. So in, in that case, uh, I think they go by point. But that's qualifying. Uh, winning a race in time, I, I don't know if they're going to go by points. Is that fair to the driver? What, what if it's a driver that uh, is making a rare start? Well, what if it had been a Jimmy Johnson type guy? Uh, man, that's one I'm going to have to dive into, and it may take me a week. Because it it could yeah. happen. I mean, even with oh, yeah, even cool. with I mean that that as you said, to the naked eye, you couldn't tell who won that race really. And so, fortunately, they were able to decide that Suarez did. But yeah, if you ever had just two bumpers tagging that yellow, um, literally. At the same time, that's something that I I bet you NASCAR probably is revisiting its rules on that with as close as this one was. But amazing finish. You mentioned, uh, you picked Logano. I picked, um, I picked Elliott and I, and I like Blaney a lot, but I was kind of glad he didn't win because I almost picked Blaney last week. Remember? I said my instinct is to take Blaney, but Elliott going home. So it almost been kind of bittersweet if he had won, but, uh, you're right. Bush had a good car, but I, you know, um, Blaney said something after the race that I thought was really true. Of course, Cindric had a top five finish. And if Cindric doesn't get separated from, from Blaney, Blaney wins that race. But those two Chevrolets were working against one Ford. But Blaney said, Hey, you know, we feel like we've taken the three fastest cars to Daytona and to Atlanta. Penske has, and we hadn't won a race. So even though he finished second, and I, and it's hard to argue with that. When you look at those cars at Daytona and at, uh, and at Atlanta, as a team, all three of those cars could fly. Yeah, and I got distracted, Gary. I'm going to back up. Here's something I just found real quickly online about a tie. Okay. There were the higher finishing position is awarded to the vehicle that led the greatest number of laps. That makes sense. The tie occurred. That's a good. You see, great job, Matt. And that is a, that makes sense. That's a good way to do it. If you have a, literally have a tie, the driver that led the most laps gets the victory. I like that. That's fair. Yeah, it, it is. And then it says if there's still a tie, there's man. Then it goes into more tiebreakers than you. Yeah, because what if you had a tie and then literally both the drivers led say 38 laps? Then you have to go to. The, the, but they have a they have a provision for that too. Although it's unlikely that would ever be the case. Absolutely. All right, getting back to Blaney. Yeah, back Blaney. to Penske. That Blaney said he felt like that Penske unloaded the three fastest cars off the trailers at Daytona and at Atlanta, and and they didn't get a win. And and they haven't, but it's come. 
And um, by the way, Joey Logano, I am me last night and said, don't pick me ever again in his life. Man, is he <laughs> off to a tough start. He really is uh, wrecked, <laughs> wrecked out in both races with an unbelievable car. You know, he's had some bad racing luck. I still think he'd have won Daytona. I, I think he would have won that race if he hadn't got wrecked. I'm not sure he would have won at Atlanta, but he would have been he would have been a factor, top, man. Top yeah, there's no doubt. And so, but that's the one thing about racing is the uh, is the wrecks, man. It doesn't matter how good your car is if you get caught up in one. And we had a bunch of them in Atlanta. In fact, it was a wreck fest for a while. And I guess it's because it's a mile and a half track, and those cars are running wide open. That that's it. I mean, I don't think we often think about how close the banking is to what we've got in Talladega. So. They're running a mile shorter than they are in Talladega at close to the same speed. But I've never seen the track more difficult to handle by these truly professional yeah, NASCAR Yeah, a lot of cars drivers. got tight, didn't they, Matt? I mean, it yeah, just got to where you couldn't handle it. And, and they couldn't seem to, you know, they seemed like they were running on ice all afternoon and early evening. That uh, they just never really looked like they had control of their cars. Even the, the big-time drivers. And as it as the track cooled, as it got darker, uh, the situation changed. This must have been a nightmare on pit road for the guys on top of the pit boxes because they would guess at one thing, it'd be wrong, then they'd get it right, and then sure enough, 50 laps later, it would be the exact opposite. Not really the exact opposite. But the conditions would change. The surface would get slick. Um, it was crazy. Yeah, a little bit too crazy for me. But... I kind of have to push off that side when it comes to that one, two, three, Bennett. I thought that uh, Kevin Harvick, he's low key, but he has been outstanding. I, I thought he did a great job during that race, Matt, because you're going to have eyeballs on a race sometimes. You know, you and I understand, well, you understand better than I do, but we both pretty much understand NASCAR. But there are some people that don't. Same thing with the golf tournament. I, I think if you're an analyst, you have to you have to assume sometimes that you may have people watching who really don't understand your sport. And when they kept talking about tight, Harvick said, because I, I bet he was thinking the same thing. There's probably some people that don't understand what we're talking about. We say loose, tight, whatever. So at one point in that race, he said, "Let me let me explain what tight means." So you'll, you know, so everybody understands. Tight means when you can't, you know, turn it. You can't, the front wheels won't turn. Right. And because I think a lot of people will say, well, they're tight. Is that what, what does that have to do with causing a wreck? Well, if you can't turn, <laughs> you know, um, you're not in control of the car. And I, I was glad to hear him point that out. Cause I bet you there's a lot of people that were sitting there, you know, when you use race terminology for people who follow racing, it's one thing, but for people who don't, and he just flat out said, you know, you can't, when you can't turn those, those front tires, those front wheels, then you're at the mercy of the vehicle. And that's why there were so many wrecks because so many cars got tight and they couldn't control where they went on the racetrack. And it doesn't matter if it's you that, you know, your car might be running great, but it only takes one car. Oh, you get caught up tight. in it. Yeah. I mean, that's, and, and like you were saying, Matt, a mile and a half track where they're running wide open, when somebody checks up, boom. I mean, there's no, there's no chance to get off the the gas in time. You're gonna have you're gonna have a lot of wrecks. And when you're running tight, uh, you are really really victim to people taking air off of you. Mm -hmm. Then then suddenly you go from tight to spinning, and uh, that can happen. And it happened in Atlanta. 
good race, though. How big a win? Because uh, we know Trackhouse has made a name for themselves, but Suarez hasn't been the reason they've been in the news. And uh, how big a win was that for the 99? It seemed to be a popular win, too. A lot of drivers really seemed to like the guy, and we're happy for him. You know, he's been around NASCAR for, what, uh, 12 years? Every bit of it. 10, 12 years, yeah. Yeah, that's another thing I'd have to look up. But, yeah, it was a popular win. And I think that he has quietly proved he can win anywhere. I think his his other win was... Road course, I think it was, Matt. It was a road... I believe it was a road course. And uh, he's developed a real good rapport with... uh, you know, with the garage area, and I, I think fans like him too. Yeah, they seem to likable guy. So you mentioned Trackhouse, though, Gary. You just mentioned the success of Trackhouse; it just continues on and on. And yeah. On. So we'll see what they do this year. All right, we move on to Las Vegas, and um, you know that's a great place for for NASCAR to have a presence. It's been a really popular race. Uh, I think for a lot of people that are out there on vacation, uh, when it comes, they, you know, a lot of people who like racing say, hey, you know, what's the point of our Vegas trip? A lot of people do it around the NCAA tournament. Um, but then there are a lot of people who do it around the race. And uh, you go there, you get the first pick this week, Matt. And um, I've been looking at the averages, and there's a lot of drivers that have uh, have done really well at Las Vegas, and there's some that have been miserable. So you lead us off. Oh, I think of Vegas. I think of Kyle and Kurt Busch, sure. but I really can't go that way. Uh, it's been uh, several years since Kyle Kyle Busch has won here, uh, and then Kyle Larson has a good track record. But I'm going to go against what Joey Logano said. He's got to have some racing luck this weekend, and Car uh, has been one of the best on the track, as you just mentioned a minute ago, Gary, when they just took him off the hauler. So I'm gonna go back to back and pick Logano again. Well, you got my pick because I, I, I uh, and I'll stay. I'm gonna stay with Penske too because I remember, uh, you know, said very vividly what Blaney said, and I and I think he's, I think he's dead on. They have had unbelievable cars. I think they're gonna have unbelievable cars again this week at Vegas. Um, speed's important out there as well. And those Penske Fords have been fast. So, uh, if you take Logano, I'm going to take Blaney. And I, you know, that leaves Cindric out. And Cindric's kind of the third wheel on that team, right? On that, uh, organization right now. But he ran really well at Atlanta. But I, I think Penske's going to get into victory lane. And Chevrolet won the first two races. I think Ford gets this one. And since you went with Logano, I'll go with Blaney. Sounds good to me. Hey, before we close out, quickly, because you texted me, and I told you I was watching my grandson play Little League, but I went back and I watched the entire race on Monday. But you texted me and said, why is Logano in the rear? And I wasn't up to date on it. I thought maybe it was a pit road violation. You were asking about something. No, it was a qualifying. Yeah, they got him in qualifying. And what was even worse, and that shows you how fast he was, because he came back and led that race. Is he went to the back and it had like a, I think they had, they gave him like a lap penalty as well. It was an odd penalty to begin yeah, with. Yeah, it was, it was starting from the rear. And I think from what I heard them got, those guys saying in the booth, it sounded like not only did he start at the rear, but he started like a lap, a lap penalty as well. So I think he started like a lap behind. And it, it stems from what I, First looked at this is the most petty penalty I've ever heard of. Well, it goes to show you that if you cheat and qualifying, because it's so important how you qualify, if you get caught cheating yeah. and qualifying, they're going to hammer you. That's what it tells you. But the glove, 
did not have distinctive individual places for each finger. Oh, that's what well, it was. Yeah, it was a glove. And, it was a glove penalty and qualified. Yeah, and that gave him some kind. This Gary, this is when the technology gets moon height over my head because there's some way that the the fingers not. This is the way I understand it now. Okay, it's way technical, uh, more than I can explain. I just what I read is that the fingers not being individually knitted, so so to speak, can give you some kind of an aerodynamic advantage. Unbelievable. I, went, I, I, I don't I don't even know how engineers I don't know how engineering would come up with that. That's, it may that's probably true because they sent him to the back. Uh but I that that's the most peculiar thing ever. How how the gloves you wear gives you an advantage. I've never I can't even imagine. And it's inside the car. Where's the aerodynamic that's what I'm saying. just like you mentioned, these guys are brilliant engineers. Uh, they figured it out, and um, I have heard nothing back from Penske. So they must have known what they did. <coughs> great. Just great. Wow. Well, we what is it? They... Didn't we, Gary? Huh? We learned a lot. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been an informative segment. Like I said, you know, I brag on it all the time. Um brag on your knowledge, number one. Number two, that, you know, we're one of the few – Shows that do a NASCAR segment anymore. I think it's sad myself. That doesn't mean that the other, there aren't shows that when they go to Talladega don't have people on. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that stations in Birmingham and other places don't do some NASCAR talk, but they don't do it regularly. You know what I mean? Not that I know of. Not that I know of. And we used to do an hour show every week. You know? You sure did. Uh, sponsored. Didn't have trouble getting the sponsors on it, but. It was another day then, Gary. I hope you're feeling better, and uh, I know we've gone long on the set. Ah, it's okay. Not a problem. But thank you, Matt. Uh, well, uh, my pleasure. See you soon, Gary. All right, 947 here on <coughs> the Gary Harris Show and uh, the YMCA of Tuscaloosa. I, you know, I've said I'm now, let's see, since I got the flu, it's been 24 days. So 24 days since I got the flu, and then, of course, I've been over the flu, but I've still been dealing with the cough, as we know, trying to get – and this is common. I've talked to a lot of people that are dealing with the same thing. So my point is I haven't worked out in, in 24 days or whatever. But as soon as I feel like I'm able and I'm close, I'm headed back to the YMCA and uh, getting in there and getting at, getting at it at, with just an incredible facility, unbelievable equipment. Brand new cardio equipment. Uh, go by and see them at the Y, 2313 Street downtown, or give them a call and tell them you want to come by and visit, and they'll show you around, 205-345-9622. The YMCA of Tuscaloosa, great facility, <coughs> great community of people. Find out for yourself. Join the Y today. We'll be back after this. Coming up on The Game with Ryan Fowler. Coming up on the Wednesday edition of The Game, we'll take your score predictions. We'll get your thoughts as we preview Alabama and Ole Miss. One day closer to spring practice, Aaron Torres breaks down college basketball, Alabama football, and more starting at 2 p.m. right here on The Game. T-Town, Tide, 100.9, WTBC, your home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. The longest-running sports program in Tuscaloosa. The Game with Ryan Fowler. 
Fowler. Weekdays from 2 to 6 p.m. on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Los Tarascos has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And, of course, you can find Los Tarascos in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Tarascos features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember, the name is Los Tarascos with locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport. Gift doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Visit alabamacu.com to learn more. Some rules and restrictions apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about your money. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Cloudy, breezy, and noticeably colder today with periods of rain. Temperatures falling through the 50s. For tonight, clearing with the low at 35. Tomorrow, partly sunny, the high 56. Friday, cloudy, rain at times during the day, the high 57. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 72 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to The Gary Harris Show. Oh, my Alabama Sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, 9.52 here on the Gary Harris Show, and we've talked a lot about the portal in college football, obviously, and uh, Justin's going to have an update on, on the signing situation, which coaches are not happy with now. But in high school football, we're seeing it as well. And Justin, I don't know if you saw this one or not, but um, Clay Chalkful, um, outstanding 2025 offensive lineman, A.J. Williams, who has um, already got offers from several colleges, announced that he is going to transfer to Thompson High School to play for that program. And, of course, Clay Chalkville won the Class 6A state championship. And this is a, uh, <clears throat> you know, this is a sore spot with some coaches, too. I saw where Justin Burdett, who was an assistant coach at Clay Chalkville, after the news came out about A.J. A. Williams, uh, Justin Burdett tweeted, leave Clay because you don't think you're getting looked at enough. And he had the little laughing faces. Although five kids went power five this year, I promise no college skipped over our school. So I've said before, we're kind of headed toward open enrollment in high school too, where you can just go wherever you want without jurisdiction in terms of school district or anything like that. So that's, and you know, we, and we could be headed to high school NIL too. I mean, it's, um, you know, all this is, is, is going to keep filtering down. But in terms of the signing day, uh, Pete Thamel with some, some breaking news, uh, Justin. Yeah, and, and real quick, my thoughts on what you just went over, yeah. Gary. I think that's – it's ridiculous. I mean, moving to another state, to another county is one thing, and having to change schools because you're going with your family. Changing in the same district just down the street essentially just because you don't think – of course, that's what the coach said. I don't know if that's the true reasoning, but because of college prospects, 
come on now. I think you're right. We're going to end up in the same struggles we're having with the NCAA and college football with NIL. And we've already seen it in Georgia and in Missouri where high schoolers are going to start getting paid and having to sign contracts. This, this can't be serious. It's so out of the box. Who, whoever would have thought we would have come here. But that's where we're at. But that's where you're exactly right. Uh, Pete Thamel breaking news about an hour, just a little under an hour ago. Um, NCAA football officials meeting in Indianapolis this week to discuss calendar changes for signing day. Um, There's a lot of discussion this past fall in December. And, of course, um, the start of this month in February, mostly concerning Ryan Williams in Alabama, about signing day, when athletes can sign. Apparently, these NCAA officials are going to be uh, proposing a three, a third signing day. Uh, last Wednesday in June, the Wednesday following the regular season, and the first Wednesday in February. My take on this is a third signing day is completely unnecessary. Um, obviously, even the second signing day is is hotly contested because it takes away value from the first. Uh, Gary, what what is your thoughts on this? And of course, this isn't official, but it's just a proposed idea. Well, I definitely like moving it. Uh, I, I think the one now is just the calendar is convoluted. I don't know that I'm in favor of doing it three times, uh, but this much is clear. Uh, with where we're at now, um, the hoopla around signing day is secondary to the coaches uh, feeling like it, it works for college football. So that's going to be the priority. <clears throat> I'm definitely not a fan right now of, of how it falls in December with holidays and postseason and all of that. So I think that uh, this sounds like a better solution to me. I I think so. I think it's strange where we're we're kind of going to get to the point where why have a signing day? Just have this this period, like a couple month a month or so period where players can sign. Yeah. Um, I get it's kind of a, a marketing advertising, and also it, it makes the players feel important and special because I think it is it is one of the biggest moments of their career up until that point when they uh, they do the signing and they're at their high school and they have the table with their family but uh, it's a it's an interesting change and it kind of come out comes out of left field I don't think anybody was really thinking to add a third one on except for these NCAA officials yeah I guess I'm like I said I'm not a fan of three <clears throat> I'm just a fan of, of of moving up that that December signing period um because that's the early signing period is the signing period. Now, occasionally you have a Ryan Williams or somebody, a couple guys who take it into February. So, but listen, the only constant right now is change. We're evolving constantly now in college athletics, high school athletics too. All right, let's go wrap it up for the first hour. It's been brought to you by Alabama Credit Union, member owned and not for profit. It's just a better way of banking. Second hour on the way. Bart High to on hoops at 1030. We'll hear from Nate Oates. We still have that audio from Greg Byrne and we'll take more of your phone calls as well. Keep it dialed in for another hour of the Gary Harris show on the way. And W265CG Tuscaloosa, a Town Square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. 
Here's Nick Cope. News in the NFL projected number one pick Caleb Williams said he'll be excited to be drafted by the Bears or by whichever team drafts him if Chicago trades the pick. Williams also pushed back on the notion he doesn't want to play for the Bears, saying he's not pushing any agenda. Chiefs are making moves today. Bleacher Report says they've placed the franchise tag on corner Legereus Sneed, valued at just over $19 million. And multiple reports say Kansas City is releasing receiver Marquez Valdez-Scantling, clearing $12 million in cap space. Last night in the NBA, Max Struess won it for the Cavaliers, drilling a 59-footer at the horn to give Cleveland a 121-119 to win over the Mavericks. Elsewhere, the Celtics won their ninth straight as they beat the Sixers 117 to 99. Boston sits at a league best 46 and 12 on the season. Now, this hour's West Alabama real time news update from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom. The wind advisory continues for all of West Alabama until 6 tonight. Wind gusts upwards of 40 miles per hour are possible. That wind has exacerbated numerous brush and wildfires, 250 over the last several days across Alabama, 7 burning across West Alabama this morning, 3 in Tuscaloosa County. Governor Ivey is backing a bill that would safeguard in vitro fertilization clinics after the state Supreme Court ruled frozen embryos are children. 63-year-old Stephen Siraki has been reported missing by his family in Cottondale. He was last seen late Sunday afternoon. Get 24-7 local news coverage and sports updates when you download the free Tuscaloosa Thread app and sign up for twice-daily email newsletters. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Hour number two, the Gary Harris Show. With Gary Harris and Justin Jones right here on Tide 100.9 FM, 1230 AM, WTBC, the Tide 109 app. Download that app, please. And uh, that's the best way to, to, to get us anywhere, anytime. And also you can listen at Tide109.com. This hour of the Gary Harris Show being brought to you by my good friends Paul Patterson and Mike Comer. Patterson Comer, attorneys at law. Integrity and excellence are the driving force behind the firm and its staff. Listen to that. Integrity and excellence. Clients and prospective clients are treated with respect and care. At Patterson Comer, we invite you to contact us with any questions concerning legal issues that are a result of personal injury, wrongful death, product liability, or 18-wheeler accidents. Our business is to take care of your needs right here in West Alabama. Feet on the ground. That's so important. Call Paul Patterson in Tuscaloosa at 205-345-1000 or Mike Comer in Northport at 205-759-3939. Patterson Comer Law Firm. Remember, the commitment to serve our clients does not stop at the end of the workday. We're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. PattersonComerLawFirm.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. All right, welcome back into hour number two. All right, here is uh, some news on Derrick Henry. We told you yesterday uh, that the Titans were unlikely uh, to offer him a deal, but Turin Davenport, the ESPN beat writer for the Tennessee Titans, says it's unlikely, but that the Titans have not completely closed the door on pending free agent running back Derrick Henry. Titans general manager Ron Carthon said on Tuesday, he knows where we are and we know where he is. We will be well positioned to do whatever we need to do. When those conversations need to be had, we'll have them with Derek and his team. Now, Henry signed a four-year, $50 million contract with Tennessee in 2020. The deal is set to expire when the new league year begins March 13th, which is 
two weeks away. And despite playing behind a subpar offensive line, Henry finished second in the NFL with 1,167 rushing yards last season. I don't know how many people realize, <clears throat> because it seemed like such a down year, that he finished second in the league in rushing. Now, he's 30 years old, which if you follow NFL football, I don't have to tell you what that means for running back. When you turn 30, your value is not what it was, even if you're still good, and Henry is, and he feels like he's got plenty of gas left in the tank, but he also wants to make a run at a Super Bowl, and I don't see that happening with Tennessee Titans. They're kind of in a rebuilding mode, <clears throat> and even though it's a it's a heavy class of free agent running backs, I think a good team... knowing that Derrick Henry probably isn't going to command top dollar, he's going to have an opportunity to sign with a team that I think gives him a chance not only to extend his career and put up numbers, but also have an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. I think that could start with the Baltimore Ravens. I think for Derrick Henry, it could be the Dallas Cowboys. You know, Justin, I hadn't heard this one kicked around, but maybe even the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs are definitely an option. Another one that I've not heard much, but is definitely needs a running back is a uh, Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Alabama <clears throat> team right there. The Eagles, I think, are a possibility. I, you know, the Houston Texans might be in play with D'Amico Ryans and that up-and-coming team. With Eckler on his way out, maybe even the Chargers with Jim Harbaugh, who likes to play traditional football. So I think Derrick Henry has some options. I think for him, though, it's critical that he go to a team that's ready to win now. He is 30 years old. If he's going to just waste his time on a rebuilding situation, why not just stay with the Titans where he's been his whole career? I think it's critical that he goes to a team that can win now. And all the teams that Justin and I mentioned are are teams built to win right now, including the Chiefs who have won, you know, three Super Bowls in the last ever how many years. Another team, uh, Gary, that Wyatt made me aware to yesterday was the Minnesota Vikings. They Vikings led- are a, a, a good team. I'd say um, that they were they were contenders before Kirk Cousins got true. injured, and then they let Dalvin Cook walk to go to the Jets, true. and now he's on the Ravens, I think. But he could be the next uh, the next great Vikings running back next to Adrian Peterson. Yeah, so that's a possibility. So <clears throat> I don't see Henry going back to Tennessee. I think even if Tennessee does want to talk to him about staying, I, I just don't I don't see it. All right, Josh Jacobs, on the other hand, I think the Raiders are going to try to sign him. Uh, they didn't franchise tagging, but I do think they want to keep him there. And I tell you this, I, I said this yesterday, I think Josh Jacobs is a Raider. Uh, that's the team that drafted him. I think he fits their mentality now with Antonio Pierce, the new head coach. They want to be physical. They want to be um, <clears throat> tough, hard-nosed, and that's kind of running back that Josh Jacobs is. So... We'll see, but I think the Raiders are going to make an effort 
to re-sign Josh Jacobs. All right, uh, phone call lines are open on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline, 205, <coughs> pardon me, 342-9904. Let's go ahead, uh, Justin, though, since we don't have any calls, and get to Nate Oates. Uh, we may not play all of his press conference, but we're going to play several minutes of it. He met with local media yesterday ahead of this big game tonight at Ole Miss, 8 p.m. tip over at the Pavilion. We're looking forward to getting back on the court, try to rectify the uh, defense since obviously it wasn't very good outing uh, Saturday with the defense in the floor. So, you know, Old Miss is a good team. They're not easy to play against at their place, and we're coming off a, uh, a bad loss, particularly on the defensive end. So, you know, we're, we're looking to get back to playing somebody else. I think we've had two good days of practice. It's pretty easy to get the guys' attention when you give up 117, but I did think we had two pretty solid days on, on the defensive end and trying to fix some stuff. So, it's, uh, I mean, I think as you've seen this year, it's not easy to win on the road. I think last week there was 18 losses amongst AP top 25 teams and 15 of them on the road and 11 were the non-ranked teams. So winning on the road is not easy at this level. This will not be an easy game at Old Miss. Uh, shoot, even if it's at home, it wouldn't be easy. They're good. I mean, they've got very good players. You know, Morell's one of the best players in program history. Flanagan's very good player. It's been in the SEC for a long time, you know, between his time at Auburn and here. You know, they've got Brakefield, who was at Duke and transferred in. He's a very skilled foreman. And then they've got real rim protection, you know, at their five spot. And shoot, their point guard Murray's been... They've got four guys that are scoring at a pretty high level, and he's one of them. He's quick. He gets in the paint. So we've had some issues with guys getting in the paint on us before. So it's going to be a tough game for us defensively. We, we're going to have to we're going to have to pick up our defense significantly from Saturday. Yeah, too, if I can. First off, how's Reitzel progressing? And, and second, I mean, what kind of ownership do you sense that guys are taking in defense? Yeah, I mean, it, it's – I think they were embarrassed. It'd be hard not to after giving up 117. So – I'm embarrassed that team I coach was that poor defensively, but you know it it's, comes and goes uh, with the ownership. It's you know you get embarrassed, play really hard. I told them it's got to become who you are. You can't be you get motivated after a bad outing. And so you know they're motivated right now because they just gave up 117. We'll see if we face a little adversity tomorrow. How long the motivation lasts and. Can they make it become who they are rather than just, you know, short motivational, I'm going to play hard because I got embarrassed the last player, the last game, or the last four minutes. So I do think they enough of them care, but we'll see if they care enough to make a, a lasting change. And then right so with the head injury stuff, it's, it's every day you got to reevaluate make sure he's not getting a headache. So um, he's still not 100% going to play tomorrow. But, you know, it's like every morning you got to wake up for uh, Clark and Dr. Bittner are the ones that are handling that. But, yeah, it'd be, it'd be nice to have him back sooner rather than later. But you also don't want to rush him because, uh, you know, these things could go on and on if you don't handle it correctly in the right manner. So we're going to do it the right way and not rush him back. But, 
looking forward to getting them back as soon as we can. You had a lot of success coming off of losses, being able to bounce back from losses, especially in SEC play this year. What do you think about this group has led to that, and have you seen some of those same things over the past couple of days? Yeah, I think we got some competitors with some pride. I mean, you go down the list. Like, I thought Aaron Estrada has been great in practice, his defensive effort. Like, he's a guy that's played a lot of basketball. That's playing in his last season of college basketball. His eligibility is over. He, he doesn't want to look like we looked on Saturday uh, you know I don't want us to look like that for him think about like I thought Grant Nelson's been a lot better his leadership Nick Pringles had two of the best days he's ever had you know you kind of go down the list and think Mark understands he's got to guard better and he's you know thought yesterday in practice he was really good you know that was our one hard day we went you know we wasn't going to kill him the day before a game but we, we were off Sunday we went hard yesterday we went long we went hard for the end of February you know and I think there's a lot of guys you know Ryland's one of our better defenders and he wasn't where he needed to be for us against Kentucky I think I think guys have some pride that you know you take a loss like we're definitely not coming back and playing bad back to back so you know, it's going to be hard to get this win on the road but I think our guys are going to play extremely hard trying to get the win Um, who's come the furthest from the beginning? All right, so we didn't we don't want to run the whole press conference, but I think most of the really good stuff that <clears throat> NATO tried to say, he said in the, in the segment that you got to hear in regards to the defense, what they're facing tonight, the challenge, and um, you know, like he said, you know, you're going to be motivated to play defense tonight because you gave up 117 in your last outing. Will that become your identity? I don't know with this team, you know, but this is a this is a big game tonight. All right, we've been getting a lot of calls. And we want to help. We really do. It's just, it's, it's confusing to me. When I used to do the state championship basketball tournament, we showed all the semifinal games and the state championship games on television. So the best I can tell you is that I do know all of the state championship games. Okay. All of the state championship games which begin tomorrow with the 1A girls and the 1A boys, and then on Friday, 2A girls, 2A boys, 3A girls, 3A boys, 4A, so forth, and then on Saturday, 5A, 6A, and 7A. All of those games, if you're listening to me, will be broadcast on APT, Alabama Public Television. You can listen, you can watch them on the PBS app or through Alabama Public Television's over-the-air signal, cable, satellite, wherever they're at, okay? And and everybody that has a TV set up should have APT through the various channels around the state of Alabama. As far as the semifinal games, which is where a lot of the confusion is, this is all I can do is read to you what it says, okay? All semifinal games are being live-streamed over the NFHS Network subscriber-based platform and live on the AHSAA TV network. So from what I just read, that to me says there's no over-the-air TV. That's what it sounds like to me. And I'm just reading that from the AHSAA.com. So again, I want to help you, but I'm not... It, it, you know, 
It's kind of confusing, but I do not think that like Hillcrest playing this morning, <coughs> Hillcrest girls, I don't think that the, I know there's been some talk about WOTM showing them over the air, but from what I just read, Justin, it sounds like these semifinal games are only being streamed. So if you're looking for them on your television channel, that's probably why you can't find them. But all of the championship games beginning tomorrow with Class 1A will be on Alabama Public Television over the air. And APT is available on direct. It's available on DISH. It's available, uh, available on the streaming services. So there should be no problems with the with the finals, but for the semifinals again, this is from the AHSAA.com. That's their website. All semifinal games are being live streamed over the NF, NFHS network subscriber based platform and live on the AHSAA TV network. So I hope that clears it up. I, you know, that's the best I can do for you. So it doesn't look to me like the semifinal games are on television. They're on stream only. But all of the championship games will be on television. Why they wouldn't televise the semifinal games, I don't know. Not involved with it anymore. All right, it's 1018. We will be back with uh, more of the Gary Harris Show. Phone lines are wide open, 205-342-9904 on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline. And uh, Bart Heights on Hoops coming up at 1030. We'll be right back. 2011, Billy Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big screen, high-definition televisions in both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's good food, good friends, and good time. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Cloudy, breezy, and noticeably colder today with periods of rain. Temperatures falling through the 50s. For tonight, clearing with the low at 35. Tomorrow, partly sunny, the high 56. Friday, cloudy, rain at times during the day, the high 57. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 73 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Find Tide on Twitter at Tide 109 to keep up with show announcements, guests, and our reporters in the field. All right, 1022, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. Bart Heights on Hoops coming up at the bottom of the hour right now. We're going to jump out on the... uh, Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline and welcome in our friend Robbie Glenn, who we uh, had featured on the show a couple of weeks ago uh, with Stryker Strong, former Alabama baseball player. Hey, Robbie, good morning. Good morning, Gary. How you doing? Doing well. Good. Well, first of all, yesterday I hear you talking about with Bobby Sproul. That was awesome. Well-deserved honor, and I'm happy for him. Great guy, great coach. It was honor. Uh, I, I played against him when he was at Shelton when I was at George Wallace and Dothan and then played for him at at Bama, so just awesome, awesome coach. Well deserved. I agree, hundred percent. So, and it was also interesting what he said about all the gun, the radar guns with the pitchers, how they throw. And he it. is telling the truth, and I and I and I and I'm glad you he, he mentioned that. I'm glad you brought it up too. And I and I'm not knocking these guys today because boy, the velocity yeah. is unbelievable. How hard these guys throw, uh, the amazing athleticism, and 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 how big baseball players have gotten. 
But I'm just going to tell you, the the gun, you're right, it, it's different. And, uh, you know, everybody throw over 100 miles an hour, um, they benefit from the modern science. I, I think, you know, because I've had some people say, well, you know, J.R. Richard would just be average today. No, no, let me tell you what. J.R. Richard knowing Richard and knowing Ryan, they, they wouldn't just be average today. The, the, uh-huh. I, I'm, I'm with Bobby. I think J.R. Richard probably threw a baseball as hard as anybody in the history of the planet. Uh, yeah, so, a lot of people didn't get to see him play either. I nope. mean, long because of what happened. Because yeah, that he was phenomenal. By by far the hardest thrower. And then of course Nolan Ryan. But and we had Randy Johnson. Are, yeah, we had Randy Johnson too, who could scare you to death. But but uh, uh, but he yeah, scary I because he was just wild. I, <laughs> I I think my feeling is just kind of reading up on it a little bit, Robbie. And you may agree or disagree. I think the way the guns work today, I think probably if you hit a hundred today. Uh, that would have been 96 or 7, uh, probably back in the 70s and in, in, in 80s on the way that the, the, the speed guns worked. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. You know, and I'm not knocking these guys. They are bringing it. They're bigger. Uh, Alton Davis, I thought was bringing it last night. You know, they didn't have a gun set up, but you could tell he was blowing it by some hitters. Uh, but, uh, you know, no one threw harder than Joe Vidiello when I played and Ben Short. And Steve Shoemaker, all those guys, they could bring it. So I, you know, there's no way those, these guys were throwing even hard. They were only hitting 93, 94, you know, back in the day. So, yeah, I agree the guns are different, but not knocking them because these guys are still bringing it. Big win last night. Bama, Bama got the best. Uh, UAB came after them big time. They sure did. I mean, they got challenged last night and, um, good win to pull out because it's a rivalry game. And, um, you don't want to lose to UAB, but it was a, it was an entertaining game and the Blazers kept Alabama on the hills. And, you know, that's, that's the thing. You, you know, UAB, Casey Dunn's a great coach. Um, you go up in quality a little bit, you start getting tested and Alabama's going to get tested this weekend out in Frisco, Texas now. They're going to, by, by, by Indiana, Arizona, and Dallas Baptist. We're going to find out a lot about Alabama baseball this weekend, don't you think? Oh, yeah, we will. We found out a lot last night, too. First road game, got challenged, got down, I think probably the first time this year, right? I don't know. Maybe that one Saturday they they dropped down 2 nothing and then came back and pounded, uh, I forget who it was that they played this past weekend. But, uh, yeah, uh, Dallas Baptist is going to be really good. Arizona's going to be good. And then Indiana's going to be real good. They're ranked, but something about northern teams, you know, they haven't been outside a whole lot yet because of the, the weather. Uh I think they'll be okay. They don't get, I think Indiana will be better later, but Dallas Baptist is going to be one heck of a game with them. But I think Bama's just, man, they're hitting the ball all the way through the lineup. Just really impressed with them right now. Yeah, me too. I really am. I'm, I'm excited and, uh, and I love, um, just the style of ball that they're playing. You know, they're, they're aggressive, Robbie. They're, it's an aggressive mindset. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Stealing, uh, bunting. But the long ball, what do they have? Uh, Twenty home runs. I know, yeah, I know. I thought they had they had like seventeen coming out of the weekend. Um, so yeah, maybe around twenty. But yeah, they're they're hitting them at a high high clip. I, in fact, let's see. I had I used some numbers. I had some numbers yesterday that I got from Rick Penley. That um, if I can find them real quick, uh, shoot, I may not have saved them. But they were, and of course we hadn't gotten into conference play yet. But coming out of the weekend, I think they were either first or second, in just about every offensive category uh, that was available in the SEC. Yeah, I believe. I mean, it even starts with the leadoff. I mean, you think, all right, we're just going to get this guy a base hit, but heck, he's hit bombs. Was he got five or six? And then you got mm-hmm. McCants right behind him, and then it just gets 
on and on and on, and some of the guys haven't even got hot yet. You're the guys right. that do hit home So, yeah, dangerous team all the way through. You know, I, I like it. And the pitchers are, are doing good. Uh, still just got to get some more quality innings, but uh, I like them. Yeah, yeah I'm great anxious. start to the season. I'm anxious to see how they play this weekend out in Frisco. Uh, I was looking at the ballpark I out there too. earlier. That's a that's a super ballpark out there, and and that's gonna be that's gonna be fun. Hey, good to hear from you, Robbie. Good. All right, Gary. Talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. It is, uh, 1027. We're going to get ready to get to our break. Uh, prom season's here and you young gentlemen out there want to look your best. Tom at T-Town Engineering, T-Town Gallery can hook you up. Goodbye and see him in the University Mall, uh, for all your prom night needs. Uh, you'll look like a million bucks, which is the goal, right? All right. Here's another update. And I, I listen, I'm just the messenger here, man. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing the best I can to inform you. Uh, Mike tweeted at me and said that, that like you said, Justin, that the games are on WOTM. The problem is I don't think WOTM is on in, in on in Tuscaloosa. Do you, Justin? I don't think they're on. I mean, it, it's, you know, they're on, I guess, in Birmingham. Uh, but like I said, what I read you about the semifinal games, I read directly off the AHSA site. So I'm doing the best I can. If they're on OTM and you're able to watch them on TV, that's great. Okay. Uh, I don't think WOTM is on here in, in Tuscaloosa. So that's the best I can tell you. But, uh, Mike has, has tweeted at me and he's got, he sent me, actually sent me a, a video that he shot off his TV and he's watching it at home. Uh, on WOTM. So I guess if you've got WOTM on your TV listings on your provider, then you can, you can watch the games over the air. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure they're not on here in Tuscaloosa, but, um, as I said, I do know all of the state championship games will be on APT. All right. We're going to get to the break. We're going to come back and talk SEC hoops with Bart Heights next here on the Gary Harris show. When I was in. Covering University of Alabama sports, as well as the national and local scene as well. The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, it's uh, Bart Heights on Hoops Time, and... uh, Always excited. Boy, we got a lot to cover this morning too. Right off the bat, Bart, good morning and help us out because I'm, I'm getting hit with tweets and calls about when I used to do the games for Raycom, the schedule was pretty well laid out. You knew where they were. Uh, why APT is not showing the semifinal games? I have no clue. Uh, so people quick texted me about it. I have no control over that. I, Makes no sense. <laughs> APT is carrying all of the, the state championship games. I read it off the website earlier, and it said it was stream streaming the semifinal games. The exact from AHSA TV network. All semifinal games are being live streamed over the NFHS network subscriber based platform and live on the AHSA TV network. But I got people texting me and tweeting at me that they're watching the games over the air on TV on WOTM, which I don't think is available in Tuscaloosa. So. Clear, clear it up here. Where can you find the semifinal games? Okay. NFHS is definitely going to be your best option. Um, WOTN and WOIL are the same thing. Um, so if you're looking down through your, um, and as far as channel wise, it varies. Like on Roku, on Spectrum, I know it's channel 701. Um, if you get it in certain areas on out, like in Northeast Alabama, up towards Florence as well, um, down South Alabama, Tuscaloosa is in that gray area that sometimes it might not be covered. 
What I tell people, um, NFHS wouldn't want me saying this, but uh, you know somebody who's got an NFHS. <laughs> um, uh, but subscribe to it. Yeah, it's, it's worth, worth it, it, man. If you subscribe to it for like um, for like uh, the, the free trial or a month or two, dude, watch these games. Caleb Hall's about to play. He's playing right now. Um, I just got off the air, and uh, and we're going back in there. But, like, I mean, this is worth it, man. And I'm educating basketball. We've got Kevin Skarbinski. Um, we have great guests. Oh, I know it's um, a great lineup of announcers, and yeah, and I, and I love it once it gets to Alabama Public Television. But these these but, semifinal games have just been confusing, yes. and I can't figure out why they're not carrying those on APT. I just don't get it. Well, the thing is, it's like there's a lot of things going on, and one of the reasons is NFHS has the contract through this I got year. You. Okay, um, and that goes to the regionals. That goes to a lot. So there probably will be some changing up. Hey. Talk to your local people. Write the AHSA. Tell them you write AFA, APT. Tweet it out that you want these things so we can see them. Because if we're going to grow basketball, I totally agree with the viewers, the listeners, everyone. We got to get it all on the same page. And but I, I, we're close. One, we're, one, we're closer one, than we've one, ever been. One thing they need to do is get Matt Coulter and I back on the on the telecast. But that's uh, that's a conversation for another time. Well, you, you might you might be talking to the right cat. <laughs> well, you know, I miss doing it. I can tell you that, my friend. You and, you well, and you're I, good you're at it, Some friend. games together would be awesome. I can tell you that. Well, we're, we're working on a lot. You know, I can't. I don't know how it's coming together. Well, man. bring me back next year, pal. I love. I, you, I, I, you, let me tell you, you this. Can, I miss. I miss doing state high school um, basketball and, and playoff uh, postseason. I I miss it. Well, That's the one thing. Well, here's I, the thing. Here's the thing, real quick, Gary, and I know we got to move on, but the thing is, if we the, the semifinals are are, are are radio broadcasted, so even when you're watching the game on FHS, it catches the radio feed. If that makes sense, yeah. But and so you've only got a certain amount of slot, right? You know, obviously, but opening this up would be wonderful, yeah, man. Like the semis too. So yeah, yeah I man, I think. We need, hey, listen, man, we, need, we, need more, we need more exposure for high school sports bar, not less. I mean, you know what I mean? So, totally agree. But I do the, totally a, the uh, AHSA Radio Network does an unbelievable job. Though. Those guys do they an do. incredible job. All right, well, listen, man, we're pumped about high school basketball. I'm particularly pumped yesterday to watch American Christian win uh, against Destiny yeah. and get to the championship game on Friday. But let's get into some college basketball because I tell you, this SEC down the stretch is going to be wild, wild. Yeah. Uh, last yeah. night, in fact, uh, we're going to, we're going to skip over uh, a couple of the games but that Kentucky team um, I'm telling you man that was a big win for Cal last night dude I mean because you you know they they, they beat Auburn then they lost LSU they blow out Alabama if they lose at Mississippi State your Bulldogs probably should have won the game uh, but for Cal and them to go on the road and pull that one out that was big for Kentucky last night buddy huge man huge deal and they've got you know there's teams on their schedule you know that they've still got wins they're working on seating Probably not going to get there, I wouldn't think, um, as far as having a share or a tie. But I was actually talking to Kevin, um, and he wrote an article about how if certain things happen, I don't think they can now because of Kentucky's loss. I think State might be out of this mix. But it could have been like a five-six way tie um, if certain different crazy things happen. But I still think it's Alabama and Tennessee um, for, for the race uh, to the end of the year. But Kentucky is trending, and Kentucky, if Kentucky messes around and slips into that four spot mm-hmm. and gets that double by, that big blue nation will be coming out in waves. And if they don't, then Kentucky's going to be on one of those first days, and all those fans are already going to be there. 
it sets up very well for Cal, and they're starting to guard better on the perimeter. That's what's happening. They're keeping guys in front of them a lot better, but they can score it. We know that. We've seen it against Alabama. We've seen it on the road, but they're starting to, we're starting to see trends of them becoming what those Cal teams that we've seen um, start guarding, start getting better. Um, but until they push it past, you know, in the NCAA tournament, you know, I'm still not going to be a believer. You know, Gary, I, I've been saying this for a long time. I like what I see from them. Yeah, they beat my dogs last night. Yeah, we should have won. But Kentucky's going to con- they're going to have to continue to show me they can get stops. They still gave up 89 last night. I, I agree with uh, you. I'm with you. So you know, I, it's just I'm not I'm not 100 percent there putting them in the category of one of the top teams in the country by any means. Reed Shepard, I, I swear, I, I watched his dad Jeff play, and it looks almost like the same kid. I'm not sure he jumps quite as high as Jeff, but uh, special special player for Kentucky. And and this kid Hubbard for Mississippi State, my gosh, man! I, I, I don't even know if he was highly recruited out of high school out of Madison, oh, yeah. Mississippi. Five ten reminds me of your, of your buddy Daryl Wilson, man. I mean, he can shoot it from anywhere mm-hmm. at any time and uh, and make it. And and boy, that shot he hit to tie it up last night. Um, that was some fun basketball last night, but but uh, this Hubbard kid, dude, uh, I know you know more, a lot about him. Uh, was he highly recruited out of high school? What's the story on him? Oh, yeah. He actually played uh, – Eric Dampier is actually – was one of his assistant coaches his okay. entire career. Um, and Eric Dampier actually at the same high school. His son is in the eighth grade and is the top eighth grader in the country. Uh, Eric Dampier's son, is, you're going to hear his Well, I don't think there's any doubt where he's going to school. <laughs> uh, well, you know, we'll see. But, you know, Josh Hubbard committed to Ole Miss now. Um, oh, did Kermit went and got Kermit went and got Josh Hubbard. Josh Hubbard was a last day flip, two days wow. before, and then we got him. Came to Mississippi State. Um, I tell you this about the Darrell Wilson comparison: shooting the basketball, yes, high release, but he's way and Darrell wouldn't mind me saying he's way more athletic than Darrell Wilson. Okay, um, super athletic. He's ba- here's my coin for it, and I know this is high praise, and I'm not saying it, but like. I'm a football guy. I'm gonna give it to you, Alabama fans. In a foot, I'm gonna give it to you in a foot in a football um, in a football setting here. He's Barry Sanders that plays basketball. Mm. The way he moves, the, some of these plays when he can like on a long pass against Tennessee against Eagles, he just bodied him up, high pointed the ball, one dribble jump stop. I mean, I, he just he's, he's he's very low to the ground, very compact, but his explosion. On a jump shot, those shots he's making going right are hard for righties, Gary. When you've got to get your whole body turned around, and he, but no matter what it is, he always gets square. That's what Damp taught him from day one, and he's he, he's an assassin. He really is. Gonna get better. Um, and he's and he's barely five ten, so don't get it twisted. Oh, he's, he's um, short. Yeah, this is a, this is a small guy who has you know. I mean, I don't. I, he is having having to take too many shots for us. 24 shots is too much for him. Um, and I love him shooting all the time. I love him. I mean, but that, that's, that, that's a lot. That's a lot of shots. But at the same time, if you're going to miss as many free throws as we miss, would you not rather him shooting the threes and somebody getting fouled? So it's kind of a catch 22. But I, I'm a big Josh Hubbard fan, man. I hope he's in the Bulldog uniform for a long time. And uh, as far as Shepard, yes. real quick, Gary, I think he plays more like his mom. Um, from a, from a shooting standpoint, yeah. because Jeff could shoot it. Um, and he goes left. Jeff didn't go left. Jeff was very right dominant. And the, his IQ, the way he sees the force, sees the game, the athleticism, the explosiveness, the, the shot at the end of the game, just the, the just the go, the go get the ball and snatch it at the end of the game. That's Jeff. 
when it comes to this sniper mentality, every pass being in the shooting pocket, every time he passes to someone, coming off ball screens, the little hesitation uh, to, hold, to hold Keyshawn Murphy to even get the shot off because yeah. you're not getting that shot off against a, ten, against a seven-footer. Cerebral man. Yeah, I, I, I thought because it's it's all helter skelter there, and Hubbard hits the shot. And but I thought the thing I kept thinking was, um, I just didn't feel like they cut the ball off. I mean, they 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 they, they let him yep. get you know he got past the defender like you said, and and got in there and was able to shoot a little ten foot runner. I, I thought State's defense could have been better in that situation. Of course, I know you don't want to foul, um, but I you know I thought they kind of parted there. The Red Sea kind of parted a little bit, but, you know, it is what it is. The kid made a great play. Uh, let me ask you this before we get to tonight's game. Speaking of, of closing out games, it, you know, I, you hold your breath these days. There's no lead is safe. I mean, you can be up seven with a minute. The way these, they extend these games, and the one thing that's really bothering me is how many teams that are trying to close out a game the guy, the guy inbounded the ball doesn't seem to know that he can run the baseline in certain situations, and they oh, foul, crazy. fouling guys when you have a lead and stopping the clock, putting them at the free throw line. It's driving me crazy. What's going on, Bart? Well, the first thing is you just made the point that like I can't. It's so hard for me running the end line. Like literally, I tell people this all the time. We had one press break my entire career at Mississippi State, and Coach Williams. All, we we never threw it into our guards. We always because if you throw it into the guards, you're just inviting a trap. That's, That's right. all you're doing. How many big guys? If you got a big guy, young coaches out there, if you got a big guy, you can throw the ball one inch right up the sideline. Let him catch it. He can see over a trap. It's going to be a guard coming to trap him, and then just run your guards and leave a back pass, and then come back and get it and get out of the pressure. But the running the inline, Coach Williams used to tell us all the time. Whit Hughes is the best I've ever seen at this. He he said, throw it into a different place every time. Run the inline, run it back. Make a pass fake here, throw it there. It's not that difficult if it's worked on. It's not worked on to that first point. Um, but as far as the fouling, then, um, you know, I don't really know what's a foul and what's not anymore. I yeah, sure don't know what a charge is, what's not. The rules have changed. There's always an emphasis. There's a, so with a lot of that, but I just, I think the foul, here's the bottom line to your point, Gary, what's going on with it. All the rules are geared toward scoring mm-hmm. every single one and it's I, which the reason i the reason i dislike it's because i didn't get like get to play like when it was like this i would have loved to play when it was like this when people were scoring 90 points a game and when you drove in there and it wasn't a charge then your best players on the other team are never going to be out of the game that's what's happening yeah that's why you're is. sitting on these points they don't get in foul trouble man it's very simple um about what's going on but you got to embrace it. It's basketball. It's where it is. Everybody likes scoring. That's why the football rules are the same. You can't judge a quarterback in the NFL. So let's roll with it, man. Let's play. But that's why, in my opinion. Okay. Well, that's a great explanation on both of both of those points. All right, let's get to tonight. And uh, Oates didn't play around. He was pretty upset Saturday. Of course, he scored yeah. 95 and get beat by 22. That's pretty hard to do, but Alabama did it. Uh, but he just came out after the game and said, listen, everybody knows we don't guard anybody. And uh, – now, he said yesterday in his press conference, they've had two really good days of practice. He's sure they're going to be motivated to try to defend tonight because they got, you know, rung up, you know, with 117 against them on, on Saturday. I don't know that they can recreate their identity this late in the season. I mean, they're going to have to outscore you. Um, but tonight's, uh, this is a tough one for Bama. This is a big opportunity for Ole Miss to pick up a quality quad one win, and uh, they're going to be motivated to play. I think Alabama's going to be motivated to play. We don't know if Reichel Jr. is going to be able to go tonight. How do you see this matchup in Oxford tonight? Alabama big. 
Um, big. Alabama big. No, I kind of agree with you. Um, uh, I just, uh, it's time. If Ole Miss is going to do anything and, and they're going to, and they're going to, you know, write, I don't know if you write this year, what they lost five out of six, I think it is. Um, I keep, I try to keep up with them as little as possible, Gary. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's hard not to um, when, when they're winning games, when they're playing the way they play. Morrell's got to get going. He was the guy. And, you know, he and Murray both, Murray's also kind of hit a wall. It's been their guard play that hasn't quite been there. Um, but they hadn't been able to stop anybody either. So, you know, I expect in a lot of games in Oxford have been high scoring. I expect an extremely high scoring game, get up around the 85, 90 range. You could see a team hit 100. It's a good shooting gym. The atmosphere will be great. Um, but I just, I'm not sold on Ole Miss on the interior. When they've beaten people, their guards have outplayed everybody else's guards. And I, I, I think Morrell and Murray will get going and, and, uh, and Flanagan, you know, who shouldn't be playing tonight, but he is. I think they'll get going, but. I just, I just think Alabama's going to make about 12, 13 threes. Um, they'll have 9-0 runs. Everybody says, man, he gets, sometimes he gets these games right. Well, if you just watch them and watch these runs Alabama goes on on the road, you know, this Ole Miss team is not Kentucky at Rupp. But is not yet, that yet. Yes, man, it's a right to ship. It looks, I say Alabama big. I wouldn't be shocked if Ole Miss won the game, but I just think, your point about NATO and the way they guarded, I just don't. And Ole Miss has got bigs that they can't cover if Alabama goes five out. Alabama's going to have a lot of wide open three point looks tonight because Ole Miss has got those bigs that they're going to put in the interior. So I just think Alabama, they can make threes tonight. I think they win the game by at least 10. Yeah, I think they're going to win too. And then it set us up for Saturday for a, for a big one, uh, with Tennessee and game day and all that. That is a in. danger trap game. It is a trap game. Yeah. It's a trap game gig. Don't get it twisted. You got game day coming. I mean, it, it's, it's set up real good for Ole Miss. I just hadn't been sold on Ole Miss all year, man. Uh, I just haven't. And, and, and that's not really, that's just what I see. So, um, you know, if they, if I'm wrong, then good for them. Uh, prove it. Well, if Alabama's going to win the SEC or get a piece of it, they need to win tonight because uh, with what they got left on their schedule. Uh, and, and speaking of, of winning tonight, uh, game of the night, Auburn at Tennessee, mm-hmm. uh, number 11, number four. And and let's be honest, uh, I, I'm with you. I think you've said to me that you think Tennessee is still the most well-rounded team in the league. Um, but if Tennessee's going to win the league, they got to win tonight. And, and let's just say this for the record. If Auburn is able to go in there and win tonight with what they got left, they're probably going to wind up winning the conference. I mean, this is a huge game in, in Knoxville and, and Pearl, man, he, you know, he's had a lot of success at Thompson Bowling Arena. And, uh, this is going to be a, I think this is going to be a tight game tonight. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I actually, I really do. I, I think Auburn's gonna, I think Auburn's gonna play really well tonight. And I think Baker Mazzara is a huge key tonight. I think Carwell's a huge key tonight. Auburn's got a rebound. And Auburn's gonna have to make more than four or five threes. They're gonna have to get up in that eight, ten range. So guys like, you know, Baker, uh, Baker Mazzara, um, they said Jalen Williams might play tonight. I don't see that. Holloway needs to make a couple of threes tonight. Donald, Leor Berman needs to come in and make a couple. They need to collectively get to about eight to ten threes tonight. I think they can stay in the game. The one thing about Tennessee, they beat you up big time, and then you just get discouraged and you start fouling them. Auburn also cannot get behind and, and get upside down in the free-throw-make battle. That's a huge deal. And as always for Auburn, when they take care of the basketball, 
and they make some three-point shots. They're pretty good because they're usually good with the free throws. Auburn's turned the ball over on the road a lot. And so it's that, that a lot of that has to do with Holloway as well. He and Donaldson handling the team. But I think I think tonight, Gary, I think you're going to start seeing them play through Baker Mazar some. I like his matchup when it's best to be on him or when it's a smaller mm-hmm. guard. I don't like it when it's Deshaun James because he's one of the best defenders of that position in the league. I like, Baker Mazar is a huge key with his creation tonight. Not necessarily his three-point shooting like we saw the other night on, or on the road. I think it was at Georgia. Baker Mazzara is a creator. I think Auburn plays through him tonight some, but I do like Tennessee to win the game late. All right, real quickly, because we're going to have against the clock. Uh, A&M's reeling. Um, must win for them tonight against South Carolina? I mean, everybody thinks I'm crazy. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But everybody thinks that I'm just off my rocker, that I think the the, the preheat's on in the, uh, at the, uh, with the oven in, uh, in, te- in, uh, in College Station. I think it's preheating, man. And if they lose tonight, just telling you, man, I'm not saying they're getting rid of him. Okay. I'm not saying that all that. The buyout's huge. They've already got whatever. But, man, this team is underachieved. Yeah, they have. And I no love Buzz. You know that more than anybody. But they, they did not get in the portal like they needed to. They had a couple of injuries here and there, but they can't protect the rim at all. I like South Carolina tonight, man. I mean, I know they're an underdog, but everybody keeps down them. I and South Carolina's got pieces, man. Especially on the interior, Mac, young, they're big, man. They are big, and like they can step out, and then you got Murray Bulls down there. Who's gonna guard him tonight, Brian? And I just, I think people have figured out that you know, Wade Taylor. There's a way to guard him if you don't crowd him, contest those sometimes bad shots he takes. He's not gonna make enough of them. And A and M is not the offensive rebounding team that we have seen in the past. That's a huge thing that's missing from them. I like the Gamecocks tonight to go on the road and win the game. Wow. Be a, another big win for South Carolina. It might be the nail in the coffin for A&M uh, for, in terms of uh, getting the NCAA tournament. All right, real quickly, your your thoughts on the latest court storming incident. Uh, obviously, it's heightened because it's Phil Pasky and Duke. <laughs> but, um, you know, at some point, though, Somebody is going to lose their cool. I mean, I've seen yep. it a couple times almost in football where a player, you know, you know, and I forgot somebody reminded me that, uh, who was the running back years ago that, uh, uh, LeGarrette Blunt actually hit somebody yeah. after yeah. the game. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, so where do you, where do you come down on all this? I come down of, man, if I'd have been coming off that floor in Tuscaloosa when I lost my sophomore year, the only time I lost in Tuscaloosa, I would have been walking off saying, I mean, I wish somebody would. Cause I wouldn't be going at no feet, man. I'd be, I'd be getting out of there with forearms high, you know, and letting everybody know why, man, that's why he gets to play in that league at that size. Yeah, dude, I'm fighting coming out of there. I don't like it. I don't like the handshake line. I've been saying get rid of the handshake line ever since the, uh, um, Juwan Howard, uh, and Greg Gard thing. Dude, nobody wants to shake. Gary, I know this is bad sportsmanship, and Mike Davis has never really let me live it down. Great legend of Alabama who taught me at Daryl Wilson how to play basketball in Northwest Alabama. Shout out to Fayette. Shout out to South Lamar. Shout out to Winfield. Shout out to Kennedy. But he always – I didn't shake Alabama's hands the year they beat me. Oh, wow. And I don't mind saying that. <laughs> I didn't want to. Why, I mean, why? You know, I get the sportsmanship. I got NBA guys waving each other, and they keep it moving. Mm-hmm. It, is a, it is a cesspool for um, – for testosterone to take over yeah. when you're upset. That's a good point. You're just aggravating, you know, whatever, and like, 
you know, Coach Williams, like, gave me, he said, I don't ever want, he said, I better not ever see that again. But I understand it, you know? Mm. And so, like, I, I was a punk. I'll call myself out, but we need to get rid of that. And the court storming, just hold it two or three minutes. Yeah, you're right. Just hold it two or three saying. minutes, man, yeah. or one minute. One minute, and then have a countdown. Yeah. And then you just go, just go mosh pitch yourself. Your little mosh yeah. pitch your little heart out. Well, I'm with you on that high five line at the end of the game. All it takes is one guy to say something to another guy. You, you know, you're right. I'm not, I'm not sure what port, what purpose that serves, but it's caught on and everybody does it. Hey, we're dead out of time. Be watching for you on the state tournament, Bart. Love you, man. Thanks for always having me. All right, buddy. 1054. We'll come back, wrap it up right after this. Alabama Crimson Tide lives right here. Tide 100.9. All right, time's just about up for the Gary Harris Show. Catch me on TV tonight with your local sports on WVUA 23. Back here tomorrow for the Thursday edition of the Gary Harris Show. T-Town Sports Daily is coming up at 11 a.m., followed by the Miller's Edge from noon until 2, and then Ryan Fowler will take you home with the game from 2 until 6. This hour has been brought to you by Patterson Comer, attorneys at law for Justin Jones. I'm Gary Harris. It's about to get cold outside, so put on a jacket. Talk to you again in the morning at 9 a.m. Have a great day, everybody. to the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.